Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Creanitators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today I'm joined by Evan Doc Shaner. We're going to be talking about his work on Strange Adventures and elsewhere in comics. I'm super excited about it. Strange Adventures is an out-of-this-world gorgeous 12-issue maxi-series from DC Black Label, starring Adam Strange, hero of two worlds, his wife Alana, Princess of Ron, and Mr. Terrific, investigating if the couple's actions in the Ron-picked war happened the way they claim, or if there's a murkier reality hiding beneath their stated heroism. I should note up front, we almost certainly will spoil Strange Adventures if you have not read the 12-issue series by Tom King, Mitch Durads, and, and Doc Shaner. I highly recommend it. We're going to talk about it in detail okay with that out of the way doc thanks for joining how are you doing today i'm good i'm glad to be here awesome what was your affinity for adam strange before this project um were you a big fan or was it a casual acquaintance uh, <laughs> i was nervous about saying this when we first started the series but my affinity for adam was actually less than nothing <laughs> yeah i i there are very few characters that i either don't have strong feelings about or straight up don't like and adam was one of them mm -hmm. uh so when tom and mitch brought the idea to me i just i had a feeling in my bones i was like oh it's gonna be adam strange <laughs> i just know it and yeah. uh um no bef before we started to work on the book i I did not really like the character all that much. Yeah. Did that change by the end of it, or did did that lack of fandom um, just sort of help you align to ultimately where this story goes? Because, again, not, not literally saying the spoilers, but, like, this is a story of digging into the the you know the nuance and the gray area of adam's heroism quote unquote and it's a story that brings the family low i guess let's just put it that way um did that help or, or you know how do you feel about that it's <laughs> yeah, a very kind way of putting it mm -hmm. um uh it's because i've worked on stuff before where i didn't have either a ton of familiarity with the character or really any affinity um and i've come to at the very least appreciate what they represent or, or their, their standing yeah. within the Lord. Like, like Hal Jordan's a good example. I didn't really care all that much about Hal Jordan before Tom and I did that one shot years ago. And, yeah. and I, now I have at least an appreciation for the character. I think if our story had gone other places, I can see where I might've appreciated Adam more. But specifically with our take on Adam, no, I still hate him. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think we we hit a point early on in the series where I, I had to ask Tom, I was like, so Adam's not going to get away with this, right? Mm. Like the, the book is not going to end with us liking Adam, right? Because I hate him right mm -hmm. now. And I get the feeling we're just going to keep on hating him. And I know... <laughs> <laughs> we got the sense once the, the 12th issue came out like people think we hate him and at least for, for me they're not wrong <laughs> um our specific version of adam i do not like him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but i can see there are adam strange stories i've read that i like um and 
he is very much of a of an archetype that I do like. Um, yeah. Because you could argue that he is not that far off from Flash Gordon. Yeah. And right. and I love Flash Gordon. Uh, for for a lot of the same reasons that I hate Adam. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it, it was a strange series. I hate that I use the word strange, but. <laughs> it was weird to be on this series for as long as we were because, um, and to work on a character that I don't really care for. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is interesting. I, I definitely came to it, um, with, with just a sort of casual acquaintance. I've never had tremendous fandom in DC Comics for Adam Strange. I think that's, you know, a big part of the appeal for, frankly, a lot of the maxi series that, that Tom King is writing, where it's like, yeah, it's these lesser known characters and, and we're going to try something that makes you care about them in new ways or makes you think about them in new ways yeah, um, yeah. that maybe you didn't see before. You know, so like with, with Strange Adventures, definitely, as the series progresses, I'm really interested in Alana, right? I've always liked Mr. Terrific, but the series, I'm like, okay, I, I want to follow what's going on with that character. So it's it's funny. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a quote-unquote Adam Strange story, but it's like there are other protagonists here who are a lot more interesting, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. And uh, and yeah. I think you know the the ending certainly plays into that. So let's talk about you know kind of the your role in this. So you're you're coming out of the project here. This is a book where you're splitting not just art duties but pages with with Mitch mm -hmm. Rods, right? So it's it, basically you're working almost exclusively in three panels per page. You might take the top panel, Mitch takes the next two. Um, I guess first question with that is. Well, I guess a statement first. It's a gorgeous book. Like I, I love, I love, I love how much like this this book looks. It's incredible, and it, it's one of those black label books too from DC where it's like you get your money's worth. You know what I mean? Like holding it in your hands, it just feels great. It looks great. Every every piece of it is awesome. There. Um, how is the experience splitting pages artistically on interiors? And would you ever want to do it again? Well, uh, well, thank you. First, um, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. We. Mitch and I, I, I don't, when I talk about how I don't like Adam, I don't want to make it sound like I didn't like this project mm -hmm. because I do, I do have a lot of fondness for what we did. Um, and getting to work with Mitch and Tom, who are good friends, that, that kind of opportunity does not come up very often in, in our industry. And, uh, uh, anyway, um, it was, it was interesting because, we knew that this was a very specific situation where this kind of thing would work. We, cause people were, once the series was getting near the end, people were asking like, you know, is there another book or character that you'd want to do this with? And Mitch and I, we kept looking at each other and saying the same thing that I don't know what other book you'd want to do this with. Mm -hmm. This right. was a very specific setup where, we were telling story the story from two different time periods and two different angles specifically, and it worked with our our two very specific approaches worked very well for telling this kind of story about this character. Yeah. So I don't know who I'm sure there are other characters we could do that with and find an interesting story, but. I don't know that it's something that Mitch and I specifically would want to do again, just because I think people would come into it with certain expectations. And I don't want to just repeat what we did here. So maybe someday we'll think of a different angle uh, yeah. to approach that from. 
in a different way, but I wouldn't want to just do the same thing with a different character. Sure. No, that makes sense. And, and, you know, with Adam Strange, too, you have the literal hero of two worlds. Like, there's a there's an obvious, right. you know, parallel here yeah. where you have you have two sections. So having two artists split page duties like that is reflective of this this character's inhabiting two spaces in the world. Yeah. I mean, one thing I definitely noticed as the as the series went was it became harder and harder to tell where you started and where Mitch ended, you know, there was sort of an existential crisis <laughs> of like, <laughs> who's, who's occupying which space. Sometimes it's super obvious. I think particularly when like, um, like, like any, like, you know, sitting in a room, Adam and Alana talking, it's, it's very clear and, and reflective, <laughs> you know, but when it, when it goes from Adam flying around or whatever, right. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's, there's more of a blend there. Um, did you find yourself adapting your style in ways to make it, rougher to make it a little um more aligned or was that just something that kind of you were progressing towards anyway uh i think it's i think it's both personally um we leading up to starting the book and especially once it was announced i kept telling people like i think once the book comes out you're going everybody went in with the notion that mitch and i are very different that on the spectrum of you know, that clean or rough or complicated or simple. Um, I think people came in with the notion that Mitch and I were on opposite ends of that spectrum. Yeah. And I kept telling people, I was like, I think once you see the book, you're going to notice that Mitch and I are actually way closer than you might realize mm-hmm. on, on that line. Um, because I think we have so many of the same influences. And because he and I have known each other for a long time and he's, he's my go-to like, Hey, look at this thing I'm doing. What do you think of this? Yeah. Um, we're, we're each other's, uh, uh, bouncing off friend, whatever. <laughs> um, and, uh, and there was, I know Mitch, especially with each new project, he likes to, to think ahead and do a very specific approach for that project. I'm less so because before strange, I was kind of bouncing off one shots and fill-ins for a little bit. So I was trying to just do my thing and stay on one track. Um, But we both leading into strange, we both picked a very specific kind of approach to it where he was doing more of a mid century illustrators, kind of thing like a Robert Fawcett or a McGinnis or Bob Peak mm-hmm. kind of style. And I went into it very much with the idea of like Mobius does Adam Strange. Mm. Yeah. That was that was the approach to Rand that I really wanted to explore. Um but yeah, there there would be certain points where we would kind of meet in the middle and then go away from each other and then kind of come back and forth. Uh, as as the book went on, and it was it was fun to see people not entirely realize where the difference was. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you mentioned, it was I think people knew more by content than by aesthetic. Yeah, who was who? Right. Um, because I still see on Twitter constantly, people will post a panel and they'll get the wrong artist mm. tagged on it. Um, yeah, and and Mitch and I'll go actually that's me or that's Mitch or so on and so forth um so yeah no i think the i think the midsection of the book is where it really clicked for me how 
how similar your styles were in ways I hadn't anticipated. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, probably like issue seven in particular, which is the um, you're doing like the Adam Strange undergoing like psychedelic torture, essentially. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's there's a real grittiness and darkness, obviously, to what Adam is experiencing. And, and then also you get to do just like these explosive colors and and super yeah. um, you know psychedelic like surreal landscapes. And I think it, you colored yourself on this. Am I, am I correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What? Well, how was how was that experience? And how? Because I saw you talk previously in interviews how you know you kind of found your style like you you were drawing towards colorists that weren't yourself. Um, how was it different for you to color yourself and kind of why was that important? It was, it's something that I, I think like even a year, the year or so before we started strange, the fill in jobs that I'd been doing or one shots. Um, I kept finding that the drawing was taking me so long and so much longer than I think it needed to because as you like I said before, um, I was drawing toward the industrial line of comics. I, I was mm-hmm. trying to guess what the colorist might do with whatever I was drawing. Whereas I knew that if I was coloring it, there was going to be stuff that I wouldn't even draw. That these are things that I would add in at the color stage. A lot of stuff like effects and like to this day, I. I've done one Green Lantern book, and I don't know how anybody who draws a Green Lantern book does half of that stuff in the lines. Because mm. I know, like, just the way I approach things, I would, I keep thinking, I would just do this in color. Yeah. I wouldn't worry about drawing all this stuff because it takes so much longer. Um, so when when I knew that Strange was coming and I'd be working with Mitch, who always colors his stuff, I pushed very hard to get them to sign off on letting me color my interiors. Cause I've been coloring my own covers forever now. Yeah. Um, and it's nothing against, I've worked with some of the best colorists we, we have to offer and I've learned so much from working with them. Um, so it's nothing against any of them. I just, I could, I could feel it and I see it now when I look back at those books, like I can see how I was approaching things is completely different because I was trying to, second guess what a colorist might do yeah so do you do you have a level of like sort of satisfaction with strange adventures compared to your past work, past work because it is like it is so holy yourself i mean does that just feel better yeah essentially oh yeah. totally it, it's it i when we finished the first issue i could feel it i was i was drawing a lot faster i felt like it more accurately represented what i really wanted to communicate yeah. With with the art, um, you know, there's still things like I'll look back and I'll see things like, ah, I wish I'd done this instead. There's always going to be those kind of things. But looking at it, I felt like I put all of myself on the page. Do you have any examples of, of stuff you wish you had done a little differently? Oh, I like little design things, I'm sure. They, you know, because I didn't know what would be coming up in later issues, I drew so little of uh Ranagar, the main mm. city, before yeah. we blew it up at the end of issue one. Yeah. That <laughs> it feels very much as though Ran is a giant dirt ball. Mm. Well, a little uh, dunish. A, a little yeah, Arrakis it, it, there. Yeah. It feels it feels very dunish. Uh and and spar- very sparsely 
populated um, mm-hmm. to where, and it's all stuff like that. Things that I, I had I known were coming, I would have uh, prepared for a little more, but mm. can't help it. That's interesting. Is that is that Tom being secretive, or is that he's working through the script as you guys are getting pages? It's actually it's actually the opposite. Tom, I don't know when he started doing it this way, but I think it was around the time he wrote Strange. I think he did this with Strange Adventures and Rorschach for sure, and uh, and I think he did Batcat similarly, uh, mm-hmm. where he wrote the entire series in one giant manuscript mm-hmm. so he has one mega document that has every issue in it yeah and he kept like around issue three or four he kept offering dimension he's like i can just send you the full manuscript and we told him no i okay. don't want it <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> read some mega script um yeah. i'd rather just like for i think and mitch said that on mr miracle he actually liked knowing the entire thing like he'd, yeah. he'd read the whole thing before he drew it um but I, I think mitch and i were on the same page on this one we're like one at a time i'll take one issue at a time Thanks. yeah sure sure okay that's interesting uh so you know speaking of that partnership where you have mitch and tom king on you know coming off mr miracle right and coming off their work mm-hmm. on sheriff of babylon they're at in a sort of a critical acclaim and fandom that is rare in comics i mean it is it is extremely extremely high and then yeah. they bring you in for their follow-up project on strange adventures um how did how did you was it was it incredibly intimidating like how was the the experience of being a part you know in, in addition to this creative team that has like so much fandom in comics right now uh, <laughs> right off the bat mitch said something about like if we don't win an Eisner with this one. It's because of you. <laughs> and then we didn't win the Eisner this year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I is whatever. I don't really care about that stuff. But uh, when we didn't win the Eisner, I said, "You guys rethinking bringing me into this now, huh?" <laughs> I wouldn't blame you. Um, yeah. But no, it was of of course it was intimidating because of the success of Sheriff and Mr. Miracle. Um, and at the, as just as much as it was very humbling, I, I appreciated them bringing me on board with it. Um, because strange, no matter how it is inevitably received, it has opened so many doors for me, both mm. professionally and just, I think work life balance wise and everything it's, it's been very healthy for me. So mm, that's good. Yeah. What was, um, what was the most challenging part for you of this series? Like what was the, what was the part that you just felt like you were stuck on? <laughs> I think ultimately it's a huge bummer. And I say, again, I am, I am proud of what we did with the book, but I mm-hmm. fully admit that this book is a huge bummer. <laughs> it, <laughs> Um, I mean, you already warned of spoilers, but it's like the way it ends. And I, <laughs> as I said, I made sure that Tom was going to stick to Adam doesn't get away with things and he's right. not redeemed at the end. He sucks and everybody knows he sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I'm going to be happy with drawing this whole thing. But that said, <laughs> issues two through 11 
were hard. It was hard yeah. to just to just sit with that, knowing like Adam sucks, and yeah. I am drawing a character that I do not like or agree with, or or want to emulate in any way, or prop up as a hero, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was tough, and I am in no rush to work on a character like that again anytime soon. <laughs> That's so interesting. Well, and the irony of that, too, is your sections are often the ones that are propping up the heroism. You know, there's there's almost a propaganda element to them initially because we don't know the truth of, yeah. of what Adam did, right? So you're drawing yep. the space hero, the Silver Age hero, right? And then, and then, of course, as the series progresses, more and more is unveiled, and, and you get to you get to dig into that a little bit more. But that's that's really interesting. I hadn't thought how weird that would be to so badly want to <laughs> let everybody know what he is and who he is, but have to like <laughs> show him as a hero. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's, I, I think I took it somewhere in the middle. I took it as a personal challenge after we had seen, I'm not a big review reader. I like to get, you know, a very broad idea of how people are thinking about the series. Sure. But I don't, I don't want to read every review because I think that just makes you insane. But I I think I took it as a personal challenge at one point to see like is the way I draw things or the way people perceive the way I draw things going to obscure what we're actually doing here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I got the sense early on that I I mean and we, and we did I knew I could draw Adam doing something horrible like like when he beheads the the one uh lizard man in issue three i think mm-hmm. um in front of and completely unnecessarily there's no reason he has to do that but he does anyway and it's yeah. brutal and i got the sense that i could make adam do anything in this book on my side and people would remember it as a silver age sci-fi romp yeah as as a very bright colorful optimistic a lot of the things that tend to get thrown my way as uh, critiques or criticisms, however you want to put it. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just got the sense that no matter what I did, people were going to stick to Doc's side is the happy bright side. Yeah, yeah. And I could tell who was really paying attention. Uh, not that... I, I, I wanted very badly for this book to not be one of those things where it's like, well, you weren't smart enough to get it. If you didn't get it, you're too dumb to mm-hmm. understand our very high-minded commentary on <laughs> on war. But it, I did notice the reviewers who were just like, and Doc drew the bright, happy side again, and everything yeah. is great on Doc's side. So, Yeah. No, it definitely... It is interesting how, you know, your work and your career... Like, because you're... Because, like, the reality is you're very good at that. You're very good at the retro Silver Age stuff, like your covers for, like, the Flash Golden Age volumes, right? Like, it just captures sure. that spirit. I love that artwork. Um, so you bring it over to Strange Adventures, and I can see how people would just follow and be like, oh, okay, and this is the this is the fun, you know, space, space action, you know, kind of doing that Flash Gordon Future Quest-like <laughs> style again. Yep. But then you have Adam Strange committing war crimes, and it's like that's not fun anymore. <laughs> like you have to, yeah. you have to mesh the context and the content with the with the style. Um, was it? I guess let's. I'll ask it this way: What was, what was your favorite part of of working on this book? Because it sounds to me like 
there was a certain liberation in in getting to do those things and work against type. Yes, that's for as much as I say, like the hard thing was to sit with Adam and what he does in the book that at least early on, and I, I still think throughout the series, like getting to do some of the horrific stuff with Adam was very like, I never get to do this kind of thing. Yeah. Or or that issue where he's he's tortured and we have all the psychedelia and the, the more, and it kind of opens things storytelling wise. I never get to do that kind of stuff. I've been yeah. doing a lot of one-offs where it was very, character goes from A to B and there's punching along the way um, and maybe they have a conversation somewhere in there. It was yeah. very cut and dry superheroics that you expect from a lot of these books. Um, and even the last thing I did before Strange was an issue of Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. And that was a I, I, I knew that that was the direction I wanted to keep going because I had such a blast on that book where I got to be a little more esoteric and yeah. kind of split off from drawing things as they literally were. Uh, and I knew going into Strange, I was like, I, I told Tom, I was like, I want to do more of this. I want to be able to play with what is the reader actually seeing and what are they meant to be seeing. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was the, the ability to do more than just run-of-the-mill adventure, super heroics. Sure. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. All right. I mean, so yeah, I think people should definitely check out Strange Adventures if you haven't already. Um, obviously, we'll include links here in the show notes. Uh, I do want to ask you a couple semi-unrelated questions. We'll see if they tie back to Strange Adventures. Um, <laughs> I, I saw you mention in a, a recent interview that you were reading uh, Pluto not too long ago, the Urusawa book. And I actually, mm-hmm. ironically, I was when I was reading that, I'm like, oh, I actually just started reading that myself. Like, I'm, I'm so behind on on just all things manga like i just i had it's a giant blank spot so i was finally like i need to do pluto everyone says this is amazing i'm loving it um when you i guess there's kind of two parts first question i'll ask is when you're approaching just your own leisure time and your own reading what kind of works are you looking for like what what's what you know grabs your attention because you're you're in both worlds right you're like adam strange right you got to do the this is research but it's also (laughs) pleasure you know kind of thing yeah that's yeah i mean all these books I got in the office, uh, most of them, most of the ones I keep are for research or mm-hmm. because it was something I liked, but most of the stuff I get these days, it's, it's either one or two very specific books for whatever job is coming next. And then the rest of it is just trying to break me out of my own preconceived notions of what I like. Yeah. Um, trying new things and, and that reading Pluto was part of that. Uh, when we, we moved across the country in 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, my wife took the kids one weekend to go visit some family and I, I had to be back here. And I had a weekend to myself where I, was, I knew I was going to have some downtime. So I went to the comic book store and I just got a bunch of stuff that I was not familiar with. I'd heard of Pluto. Yeah, and always knew that that was like one of the benchmark series that people would talk about. Like you got to read Pluto, um, and I that was my first uh, manga. I'd never read any mm. um, before, and it blew my mind. It it was like getting struck by lightning. Um, yeah, reading that, and I'm such a big fan of of uh, Urasawa now. 
uh, and pick up pretty much whatever new stuff's coming up. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, most of the time when I'm when I'm looking for something that I'm not going to direct directly connect to work, I want something that's going to stretch my own library. Yeah, yeah, taking new directions. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, no, I've definitely been I've been loving the experience of reading it, and uh, it's it's funny. It's that you know I read so many comics, and I've I've read so many comics working on Comic Book Herald. Um, but there's that feeling with Pluto that I'm having again of I've, I've been checking them out from the library and every time a new volume's in stock, it's like Christmas. I'm like, I'm so excited again yeah. I get to go pick one up. You know, it's amazing. Yeah, that's, I think that's what it was at the time when we moved. I was feeling kind of like, have I read everything? And obviously yeah. I hadn't. But I had that feeling of I, every new thing that I was getting in, I was like, I've read this before in different forms. Mm-hmm. And I was just getting tired of things. Um but I read that and um, Last Man. Yeah. Are you familiar with that at all? I've heard of it. I haven't read it. No. It's a it's a French book um, okay. that first second uh, published the English versions of for the first five or six volumes. Yeah. Of I picked those up at the same time and both of them were like just I, I needed something at the time that. Sh- that, that showed me, oh, comics can be other things too. Mm-hmm. Um, and both were just wildly experimental to me. Um, and I, I'm thankful for it because I think both pushed me in new directions drawing-wise too. So Cool, cool. Yeah, no, that checks out. Um, I saw it on Twitter. Another thing you're enjoying is uh, Aquaman King of Atlantis, the new animated series on, uh, on HBO. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> so I, I just watched the first. Uh, I watched the first couple. I guess that's there's three. Um, what What have you been loving about this new Aquaman animated series? I, just, I mean, I uh, my fandom of the character has steadily been ramping up the last few years. Like I, mm-hmm. I liked him, okay, but the last few years, I just more and more, I'm like, this is the cool one of the coolest characters we have at DC, and I can't mm-hmm. believe that more people aren't on board with this because. He's just so cool, but uh, I when the cartoon was announced, I loved the idea that they are trying to court the folks who were currently part of the DC movie fandom. Yeah, which at the time was very—I don't want to say grim and gritty because I don't think that's right. It's, but it was very seriously minded. Yes, uh, and it was very—it <laughs> felt like the. Biff, bam, pow, comics aren't for kids anymore <laughs> kind yeah, of crowd. Yeah. Right. And I loved the idea that they were saying, all right, here's our animated tie-in to this. And it's this insane-looking Aquaman cartoon <laughs> where he's got he's got green hair and clearly, like, the, the look of those series is very... They stretch and squash a lot. Mm-hmm. And... They are not afraid to be funny and kind of weird yeah. in how they're funny and and awkward at times. And I just, I loved the idea that they were willing to be so bold about what they were doing with, <laughs> I think if I'm not wrong, like the biggest money earning character. Yeah. I mean, that movie with, did with the movie. incredibly. Yeah. Right. The, the 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 idea of taking what was their biggest superhero movie in the last yeah. decade and making something insane 
like King of Atlantis. <laughs> it's so funny to me. Um, yeah. And I, I just, I'm a sucker for anything that says on the face of it, we're not going to take ourselves too seriously. Right. Right. I'm such a huge fan of that kind of a take. For sure. And I think that's a big part of what Aquaman's appeal was, you know, as a, as a film as well, you know, because it's yeah. coming out of that, that Snyder verse and then Aquaman comes and it just, it's just less self-serious to a degree. Um, and, yeah. and it, I, I had the same experience though of, I was anticipating like, okay, it's going to have like a Teen Titans Go flavor. Um, but then they're also clearly doing like Jason Momoa's Aquaman. So it's like almost like a, it's almost like a sequel to the movie of like, okay, right. you took over the throne. And, but then it's, it's so weird and it gets so goofy at times. Um, yeah. It reminds me of some of the more surreal elements of like SpongeBob, I guess. Like when I was watching that as a, as a younger person where like they yeah. would do these sudden flashes of like, really kind of like grotesque or strange animation and it just does that all the time it's really captivating um i yeah. i love the look of it for sure yeah yep it's a it's a lot of fun so all right what what is what's coming next for you like what what projects do you have in the pipeline what kind of stuff do you want to be working on next uh the next thing that i've already started on is a four issue mini from dc uh mm -hmm. with a writer that i can't mention yet but i think i think we're announcing soon Okay. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know when it's going to, I think it's next spring will be the gotcha. first issue. Um, but it's all I can really say about it is it's a return to a corner of DC for me, um, that I, I genuinely thought I was done with. Um, mm. and I'm excited. It's, they, without giving it away. It, I, for years, said that I think I'm done with this corner of DC. They don't need me anymore. Here's the one ultra-specific way I would return. And after Strange Adventures ended, our editor, Brittany Holter, brought me a few different projects, and I just wasn't feeling any of them. And then she brought me this one with this ultra-specific take on it that I was pushing for and yeah. so I took it um I realize how vague that sounds when you don't know what the character is no no it, it'll, I'm sure it'll make sense in a, in a few weeks when the announcement drops yeah yeah it's I'm I'm very excited about it and it's with a writer that I I've never worked with and I believe is new to comics but is doing a bang-up job and I'm excited for folks to see it cool cool all right I look forward to, to finding out more about what that is um Anything else? Like, I guess also like just directionally, you know, you, so you've had the strange adventures experience. You mentioned that opening up mm -hmm. doors. Are there like other avenues? Like, do you want to get outside DC? Do you want to do create your own? Like what kind of, what kind of stuff are you thinking about? Um, I'm considering that. I, I was talking with our editor on strange Jamie rich before he left DC mm -hmm. recently. Um, we were talking about possibly writing something, um, that's still in relative motion. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got one or two things that I've mentioned to DC that I would be interested in writing and drawing. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Could be nothing, could be something. Sure. Um, but even if it isn't, uh, I'm hoping within the next few years to start doing my own kind of thing. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to that age for cartoonist where you go oh I, I actually need to own something mm -hmm. 
for as long as I've been doing, I don't own any of this. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm hoping that in the next few years I start working on my own stuff because it's sure. I, the I, I would really like to, but we'll see. I don't know. Cool. Cool. Sounds good. Um, awesome. I guess any anything else you want to plug? Uh, where, where should people find you? Uh, Twitter is the best place to kind of find me there and split off from there. It's uh, at Doc Shaner on Twitter, and uh, that's got links to Instagram and wherever <laughs> wherever else I am. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, Doc, this has been a pleasure. I've enjoyed talking to you. Um, everybody, yeah. check out Strange Adventures. We'll include links here in the show notes um, and as well as, as the Twitter handle there. But otherwise, you know, it's been awesome. So thanks for joining. Yeah, thanks, Dave.